Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've seen something paranormal and you want to share your story, you can email us strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. Tonight, we have a guest coming on that's been on before. Mm-hmm. Way back in episode 106. Oh, I remember exactly which episode that is. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. No, I don't. <laughs> so if you haven't listened to her episode before, you might want to listen to that one first because we reference it a lot in this episode. We kind of tell the story a little bit again, so if you haven't heard it, you can probably make your way through, but you might want to go back and listen to that. It's episode 106 with Heather, Stay Away From Things You Don't Understand. Now, if you remember, she was the one who dreamed about this guy, and then he showed up at her place of work. She was working in a gas station. He showed up during a thunderstorm the next day, came in her store, grabbed her arm and said, stay away from things you don't understand. Then she saw him other times, both in and out of dreams. She's seen this guy. So she told her story, and Natalie heard it, and she heard her description of him, and she thought, I think I might be seeing the same guy. So Natalie contacts her. They start comparing experiences, (laughs) comparing, you know, Mm -hmm. dreams, comparing real-life experiences, comparing all this stuff. One thing leads to another. Natalie ends up moving across the country and into the same apartment building as Heather. Purposefully? I guess. With her? In a different apartment, but in uh, the same building. Okay. So, Is this the one that takes place in the Southwest? 
Well, parts of it do for Natalie. Okay. And I think a lot of that might come in part two. This is a two-part episode. All right. There's a lot of synchronicities. There's a lot of things that kind of match up with things I had going on and things I was working on and so forth that uh, you'll hear some of it. Some of it has to do with my next book that I was working on that that didn't get recorded because I'm not ready to reveal what that's about yet. Mm -hmm. But you'll hear them get kind of surprised when I bring up certain connections and synchronicities and stuff. It's very, very interesting. This entity might be two entities. We'll discuss that. Okay. There are black dog and flannel man connections. We'll discuss that. Whole bunch of synchronicities and more. So this is part one of Heather and Natalie. We're going to drop part two this week. Two for... Yes, so everybody will get two episodes this week. We broke it up into two parts because it's a pretty long interview. Without further ado, let's talk to Heather and Natalie. Tonight we're talking to Heather and Natalie. This is sort of a follow-up show. Heather's been on the show before. She was the one who had the encounters with the guy in her dreams that then came walking into her life multiple times. What was the quote from that guy? Stay away from things you don't understand. Yeah, that creep. <laughs> yeah, him. <laughs> I forget which episode number it was. 106. 106. Thank you so much. I should have been yep. uh, more prepared, but I've been, I'm just off the trail. I was out yeah, on, yeah. on the trail. I, I was only in one up. episode. It's easier for me to remember the one episode I was in than for you to remember which one out of the hundreds. <laughs> so, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently you've talked about this on Where Did the Road Go, but I didn't hear that episode. And we're going to assume, you know, I know we share some listeners with Where Did the Road Go, but not all of our listeners listen to them and vice versa. So we'll just take it from the very beginning, kind of picking up from your episode. Heather, you were discussing this, I think, was it in the Strange Familiars Gathering group on Facebook? Is that where you met Natalie? Yes. Mm-hmm. About a week after the episode came out, I don't, I don't know why it took me a whole week, but I was like, oh, there might, there's a Facebook group. People might have been talking about it. Maybe I should look into that. And so I did, and there was a discussion about it, and like I started commenting on some things, and Natalie sent me a message, and she was essentially like, I, I think I've seen the same thing, which blew my mind. <laughs> and so we started talking about it and comparing our notes and it definitely seems to be the same entity i guess you'd call him hmm. well uh yeah yeah from my angle it was extremely strange <laughs> it was a really jarring incident because backing up all the way to uh, i think the uh the beginning of 2018 my friend beth actually kept telling me to listen to your show and i just didn't have time and i finally got into it and she kept telling me that I should contact you and already talk about my experiences. So I could have already done that. It would have been very strange, but I felt like it was too strange at the time, I guess. <laughs> and um, and I just really got into the to your show. So I've been listening since. So I, I just didn't hear anything. It was just fascinating stuff to me, but nothing really ever stood out. And when I heard Heather come on and like within the first minute of her describing this guy, I threw my phone across. I was eating a sandwich or sat down with lunch. I threw my phone across the table and like took out my earbuds and just stood in the middle of the kitchen like, no, no. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It was a very jarring situation, especially because she described him looking kind of like Beck. 
and this was five days out from me seeing Beck. Oh, wow. So it was just, yeah, it was a really strange, synchronistic uh, scenario. So that's that's where it starts. And I was like, how do I get a hold of Heather? I thought maybe I'd have to contact you. And then she came onto the group. <laughs> it was just ecstatic. Like, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. Wow. So yeah. I guess, Natalie, like, so what were your experiences that, you know, made this so powerful for you, hearing Heather's story? So from my perspective, and this is why it sounds like this is why I have a difficult time even talking about it. You know, I have experiences also going way back to childhood, um, probably starting around the age two, two and a half. So for me, it's like hard to say where exactly this starts. But as far as the guy is concerned, or that particular entity, I would say my first encounter with him was in a very powerful dream in 2004. I had done lucid dreaming up to that point. I had stuff like sleep sleep paralysis. This was nothing unusual for me. Mm -hmm. But this dream just was very different. Something about it really stood out because it was a normal dream. And I was with a dream version of my then boyfriend. You know, just really typical stuff like that. But it had already had like a weight to it. It had like a feel to it. I was living in Houston at the time. And it was in September, but it was December in the dream very clearly. And we were standing in a parking lot outside at night. And this guy comes up to us, or at least comes up to me. And he's wearing a uh, a leather duster that was open. I don't remember what the shirt looked like underneath. He was about six feet tall, maybe a little taller. And he had shaggy brown hair. But he had, like, his facial structure is kind of, like, squarish. He had, like, the big lips. And he looked like a musician or something to me. He looked like kind of a combination of people but nobody had ever seen before skinny he comes up to me and says something like or or maybe exactly you don't know me but i know you and then he asks me to go on this whole journey with him and he says he's got tickets for me to go to chicago uh to go to the o'hare airport it was extremely detailed like he was giving me all these directions and telling me he wanted me to do something he was being you know vague about it at first so i meet him there we get on a plane i i there's like nobody on the plane so i go and sit next to him and talk to him sparing all the details we get there and he he has me going on this crazy quote-unquote alien hunt um (laughs) so just being like this really uh, cinematic but very it was just it felt really visceral everything felt like i was there and it was freaking me out but it was as if i couldn't fully get lucid it was like he knew what was going on but i didn't and then at the very end he has me go stay in this house like an airbnb and i could tell at that point it was around christmas or something like that because i had lights and he calls on the phone and at that point when i'm sitting on the phone with him i'm like oh 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 i'm dreaming so this must just be my subconscious i'm like no he doesn't feel like my he doesn't feel like me there's something is wrong here he feels like an alien or something. And I'd never had anything like that. So I started questioning him and I asked for a name and he gave me this weird garbled name that sounded like two names stuck together. And yeah, I have all that written down and we'll get to it, I guess. But that was, that was the initial thing, which you could just write it off as a dream. But I woke up shaking from the cold. It just, it felt like I'd been there. I was really shaken. And like I said, I'd been doing a lot of dream work up to that point like that wasn't my first it wasn't my first rodeo with lucid dreaming or anything like that it was just it was just him there was something about that entity that just blew my mind so that's where it all kind of took off in that direction by 
July of 2005. I was sitting with him in a dream again because he kept showing up and showing up repeatedly in these dreams. And in this one, he was driving a car and I was sitting in the passenger seat. I look over and his shaggy brown hair turns dirty blonde. And he started switch. He sw- He used to wear sunglasses because in the first dream, his eyes scared me. They were really big, like big and bright. Like he looked like a normal person, but his eyes were just something was always off about him. It was very strange and creepy. So he would wear sunglasses, and then he switched to these wireframe glasses that he started drawing and stuff like that. Like I would try to draw what he looked like. Um, so from that point on, he had wireframe glasses and shaggy blonde hair, sometimes facial hair, sometimes not. But basically, he's never changed. And that's why it scared me so much when when Heather described him like that. Not to mention all of the incredibly profound synchronicities that surround dealing with him, which just branches off into all kinds of crazy adventures with my, my uh, now ex and uh, good friend who I wish was on this call because he has a lot to weigh in about. <laughs> he huh. saw a lot of the stuff that happened and a lot of things happening that would happen in the dreams and then happen in reality. So, so that's the gist of it. Was it Heather's description of the guy or the way he acted? Or what about her story made you like at least pretty sure that this was the same guy? Like, like I said, within the first minute, the way she described him, was was already jarring like he wears very different things for me he has been seen wearing those things like all of the things that she describes even the pork pie hat but for me i'd say it changes it's like he's evolved over time so and like i said in 2005 he went from like a chestnut brown to a blonde um but he has kind of this like he always looks kind of like a hipster hobo that's the only way <laughs> and <laughs> There's a, um, his behavior is, yeah, it's the same. It's the, at one point he would tell me that I couldn't do certain things because it was harmful. So I wasn't allowed into certain places when we would do the stream journeying stuff or he had to be there. He would get aggressive if I tried to push past those limits. So when she said she went through that door, it was immediately familiar to me. It was yeah, I haven't really gotten a chance to go over all. I have thousands of dreams, so I really don't have the time to sit down and like really pick through them. There's probably stuff hidden in there that if I look back through it now, it would just really freak me out. But yeah, just in general, everything that our, our notes like trading back and forth have been, I don't know what Heather feels about it, but it's been pretty, pretty uncanny. Yeah, it's super. Uncanny super is a good way to sum it up. <laughs> yeah, so so what what does that feel like, Heather, when somebody contacts you and says, you know, I've seen this guy too? It was, in a way, I don't know. It's it's kind of like when you finally get a, a diagnosis of a mental illness, where you're like, oh, okay, so now I know what it is, but it's also not good news. It's kind <laughs> of like that. You feel less alone, but also oh, so this is probably real. Like, in neither one of those <laughs> a great feeling, but right. it, it is nice to not be alone. But it also, it, it, it's not conducive to pretending that it didn't happen, which is what I, yeah. I usually try to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, very quickly, since our last talk, have you seen this guy again? 
I have. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yeah. We should yeah, go into yeah. the sequence and... of what happened after we started talking, because it's very interesting the way it evolved, I think. Okay, go for it. Okay, so let me hit up my notes here. Okay, so um, at very first, the first thing that happened is I had a dream. Let me get to it. Uh, in, in that dream... Essentially, I, I think I tried to conjure him, but nothing happened. And then later, I think it was in the second dream, all of a sudden I looked out a window in the building I was in and I saw him. I saw him in a white shirt, though. It was like a white button down and the pork pie hat and I don't know, like brown brown pants or something like that. And he's just, I see him making his way to the building uh, and I meet him in this room. And essentially, I, I like meet him. I shake his hand. It's like that extremely powerful feeling, that weird alien feeling was that I've I've gotten accustomed to that that uh, Heather's described. And he said some strange stuff. Like at one point, I looked at him, and it looked like he shifted for a split second. And I was like, "What was that?" And he said, "Oh, that was just resistance and jog, or jog and resistance error, like jog error and resistance error." Huh. And I looked up those terms afterwards. So I was like, what, what does that mean? I was like walking around this dream, repeating that phrase to myself while I was trying to interact with him. And he also said some stuff about Heather that ended up being accurate um, that I can't really fully account for. And then I woke up, wrote everything, sent it to Heather, and that's where that was. And jog and resistance error were like a, an electrical engineering um, phrase and jog error has to do with like two planes not fully synchronizing. <laughs> hmm. Like it, it was like he was using these really technical terms for metaphors, but they made sense once I understood what they meant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like really strange stuff that's way beyond my ken. Like I I, I don't have a background in those things. Mm -hmm. Just to be clear. Yeah. So after that, the night after that was when. Heather, that's when you said, Joel, your husband got the phone call from an area code of where I was living because I was living in San Diego at the time, which you didn't know. You yep. want to take that one away? Uh, sure. I mean, so it was, we thought it was just a normal, you know, spam call. You get them sometimes. And it was a 619 area code. Uh, and after, you know, we let the call ring through. And afterward, they left a voicemail. And... When we checked it, it was just this very bizarre, low growling for like 30, 45 seconds. Hmm. Um, and like he listened to it. And he was like, what? And he, he let me listen to it. I was like, what is that? And I, we, were, we were both pretty freaked out about it. But, you know, we kind of wrote it off as a robocall, like something got messed up and stuff like that uh, so we deleted the voicemail and i was mentioning it to natalie and, and i was like yeah it was a, a 619 area code and she was like it was what and that turned <laughs> out to be san diego which is where she lives and i i didn't know that and it was just it i mean it, it's not like a a huge thing but it was it was very weird and i, I have not gotten a a demon growling voicemail since then so yeah. it seemed to be a one and not even a call us. a 619 number right Nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. Nope. Did I hear you say you deleted this uh, voicemail? Yeah, we didn't think there was anything right. significant uh, about it at the time. It. I really wanted you to keep it. Yeah, I, I would love to have that to play, but I, of all people, understand I've gotten rid of stuff like that myself. 
again, I didn't know where she lived, so I didn't know the number was was relevant. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe if I had known that, I'd be like, ooh, this might be a piece. But as far as I knew, it was just a, a strange, like, noise that we'd gotten. <laughs> yeah. I almost hesitate to bring this up because it's so terrifying. Have you heard the call? That, well, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. He called his wife and left a voicemail, and then he went missing. And it sounds like a familiar story, but no. What, it's, no. It's, it's like one of these missing 411 cases. Henry McKay was his name. He went missing. So I don't know if you could oh hear that God. sort of metallic growling. Oh that was yeah. there. Oh my yeah. <laughs> wow. Holy. Oh, that's very upsetting. <laughs> that's pretty much what it sounded like, though. Yeah, oh my God! Was... Yeah. Ooh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah, way you describe it, that's... yeah, with metallic growling, that's kind of like yeah, because that's why we thought like maybe it was like like some electronic. Something that had gotten. Yeah, you did say it was electronic. Like I, I, I have the messages from you here. Oof. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Uh, that's why I mentioned. That's why it was upsetting to me when you said that. It seems like it's not a big deal, but to me, it feels like this weird Fortean Keelian angle. Like it has like this kind of Mothman prophecies thing right off the bat, right after we started talking. That that yeah. happened. I don't know. It's just maybe I'm just being paranoid. It didn't happen again, but. It, it, even for me, I tend to be pretty difficult to impress. It was... That's very strange and weird. Um, yeah, yeah. Because uh, other than McCabe's voice on that call, which he's trying to call his wife, which is just horrifying. He, by the way, turned up dead. So, there. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but I probably could have predicted that. It's okay. <laughs> but the growling, when you said growling, it just, that immediately called to mind that call yeah. to me. So, yeah. uh, oh, that's chilling. Wow. That's, a, that's a good connection. <laughs> Woof. Okay. Um, oh, I, I just, I'm sorry. I need a minute. That really freaked me out. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely a dangerous angle to this stuff. So I personally have grown to, to trust that entity because he is scary, but he also seems to know what he's doing. So if he grabbed Heather and said, you know, it, it threatened her and went to all that length to, to, to do what he did, clearly there was some sort of a threat there, and he cares enough to at least stop it from happening. And he himself is definitely not going to play by the rules of being, like, the polite gentleman who just comes in and, you know, delicately suggests that she should probably not do that again. He's, he's, that That's my experience with him is just... It's sort of this um, balance between it's like working it's like working with a, a, a half wild tiger or something like that, but more intelligent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so your take is that generally, maybe it was a good thing that he was trying to warn her away from wherever she was or whatever she was doing in that dream yeah, space. Yeah. 
Yeah, because that's what I was experiencing early on. Like, I this gets into like psychedelic stuff, but not like actual drugs, but just sort of had like the psychedelic feeling to it for me very early on in 2005 when I just I decided to lean into it because it was fascinating to me. But then I kept getting warned away to not do that because it would be dangerous. Like I couldn't enter certain places within dreams. But to me, coming at this from an agnostic or atheist perspective, uh, growing up secular and all that, I was just doing psychological stuff to myself. <laughs> like that was the way I wanted to look at it, even if it was having these strange external, I don't know, like synchronistic kind of things happening around it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of it was always too strange almost for that I, I've just never been able to fully reconcile that but by the time Heather came around on your podcast I had I guess really solidified the idea that this is just me working with maybe like personal archetypes or sub-selves or that kind of thing in dreams so that really shook me like that this whole thing has just blown my mind and I've had to rewrite everything I thought I knew so warning away from what is the question I've been left with like what, right. what's what's going on if she's not just walking around her subconscious and I'm not doing that what was that door exactly I mean I we have hypotheses now but it's all conjecture right right but it, it it's when two people are experiencing these things and they link up like this it becomes like you said now, now this is something external that is right. manifesting in the dreamscape or, or, you know, however you want to say it. And it's becomes another layer of, you know, quote unquote reality to it. Right. Well, I guess they, they, I'll start <laughs> when that was the phone call and then it, it just kept going from well, there. Yeah. Continue. So please. This is, yeah, this is kind of the sequence. So on, I want to say it was like August, it might've been like August, 16th it had said something about like oh well i think that was the last time you've seen him and i think that was maybe like around the 16th or 17th i'm not really sure that i messaged that to heather and then we'd been messaging about other things unrelated to that and uh, on the 20th of august <laughs> heather messaged me uh saying that she was avoiding the fact that she probably had just or uh, just seen him now, Heather, do you want to recount that incident? Sure. So I was leaving work, and I work out in this like uh, machine shop that is surrounded by woods. It's not like super remote or anything like that, but it, it is bordered by woods on all sides. And when the shift is over, everybody leaves at the same time. So I was kind of walking through this uh, really big wooded parking lot with, I don't know, 15, 20 people maybe. And... I was walking with my son who works with me and he was looking at his phone and we were heading towards my car and at the the edge of the woods by the parking lot I saw a man standing there and it, it took me a second and then I, I, I recognized him as you know the guy from all of these experiences and I didn't freeze or anything but like I, I kind of like stuttered for a second while walking and he just waved and turned around and walked off into the woods. <laughs> and I kind of looked around to see if, like, anybody else was, like, clocking him. And nobody else seemed to, you know, ha be outwardly displaying, hey, there's a weird man in the woods. <laughs> so I just 
got in my car and like my my son hadn't looked up from his phone like he didn't see him and and that's all like that experience really was from my perspective but when I got home I told Natalie and then some other weird stuff happened so Natalie this is your part of it yeah yeah so that night that I had said something like that was probably the last time you'd heard anything from him that it would you probably wouldn't have anything else that night I sat down and meditated and I was like, all right, guy, if you are the same entity that I've been dealing with for what, like 14 years now, I want you to do something for me. I want you to prove it. I want you to go to Heather and not be scary. Don't show up in a scary place, make it somewhere more public and just be friendly and make it brief. Those were the things I told him or put out into the world and uh, documented and I think that was two nights before that happened. Wow. So when Heather told me that I had a, an anxiety attack, I didn't, I didn't know what to make of, like, maybe it was coincidence, but the fact that I had instructed specific things like that, and then it seemed like that fit into what I instructed. Like, even now, I, I don't even, it just doesn't even feel real like that could happen, but... yeah. Yeah, so that that was the beginning of I don't know those experiences, I guess. So yeah. Heather, how how sure were you when you saw this guy you know, at the edge of the woods that it was him, or were you just like, you know, I don't know if that's him or not? I was a hundred percent sure. Oh, okay, there's just <laughs> yeah for me, for me he never changes. He mm-hmm. always has those. He always looks the same, and like. There's just not a lot of people hanging out in the woods wearing a pork pie hat and a blue plaid shirt and a leather duster. Right. Um, <laughs> so it would be the weirdest coincidence ever if right. there was yeah. just a random drifter wearing that <laughs> and just waving at me yeah. in particular and no one else noticed. Wow. Yeah, I'm reading your message from like right when you got home, like right after you'd seen him, and you said the only thing that you couldn't quite tell was because it was dark and he was wearing a dark hat. You said it was either that his head was cut off at the top after a certain point or he was working a, or wearing a, a black hat that was blending in with the black background. <laughs> yeah. I was, was pretty sure head wasn't cut off. We're going to go with hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was the only discrepancy. So he was dressed like the other times you'd seen him. Yep. Mm. His uniform. Yep. Yeah. But, but like, like when we tell this story, like this is, a, I've been hesitant because it's like, it sounds so completely outlandish to me that I would sit down and instruct that. And then that's what happened. Like, I, I don't know. That's, it's just got even too weird for me. Like, okay, maybe we're just having a similar, like people see flannel man and it's the same kind of like, you know, plaid flannel that makes sense to me. But when there's some sort of link between that, you know, I could write that off as coincidence, but I, I don't know. It, it just seemed really strange to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's not too strange for me. Please continue. <laughs> I am loving this. <laughs> okay. I'm glad someone is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, that's the thing is I really hope that somebody gets something out of this. If, if we have been encountering him, I figure somebody else has to. Like, he he can't be. That's what I'm thinking. A singular I, event. Like I said, yeah. whenever people come on and describe another one of these entities that show up at night and so forth, I, I always, like, somebody's going to write in and say, I've seen that too. Now that two people have yeah. seen this guy, I'm sure somebody else has seen he's, him. He's gonna... So we'll, we'll see. I hope so. Well, we can it make also... a group. 
Yeah, and it's strange because of a, a recent discovery as of September. This seems to, I don't know if it's an answer as to what it is, but it was certainly re- really jarring and, and weird, and I, I still don't know what to make of it, but I guess we'll get there. Yeah, so that, that was what happened uh, shortly after the episode dropped, and that was the first encounter. And then, it doesn't stop there, though, but that was, to my knowledge, the last actual sighting like that the rest uh, the rest gets sort of relegated to the dream realm for a reason i'm trying to get to that so we went a couple months yeah until november with nothing that really stood out like we had strange synchronicities here and there but we didn't have any encounters i think i had a number of pretty powerful dreams that might have also included him yeah that that also includes one that i uh, encountered him in a hospital during a what felt like an out-of-body experience where I traveled to a very realistic-seeming hospital and found him wandering from room to room, which didn't make sense to me at the time, but now that I'm looking back on it, kind of really does. So that was my personal experience. But then, since nothing had happened with Heather, I I was just kind of like, is this done? So I sat down again, and I was like, all right, well, we had that other event. What if I try this angle uh, because I, you know, I don't have the sequence of dreams, but there was one dream. It must have been last year, where he showed up. He actually like lured me into this underground lair thing in a grassy hill, and then just shows up and tells me specifically, "Tell Heather that it's not me that feels scary. It's the place I come from." That's not verbatim, but that's more or less what he said. Like, wow. I don't have the quote in front of me right now. Yeah, that that blew my mind. I was like, okay, so I had to remember that all the way out of the dream to tell Heather. And it turned out that he just didn't really want to do it because she screams every time <laughs> and gets scared. So so yeah. I had this idea in November. It was right around Thanksgiving. I told him, well, I tell you, this is me sitting and just talking in this space. It's not like there's an entity there. But I'm like, all right, if you can hear me, that here's here's another idea. You've been coming to me in dreams. I don't get scared in the dreams most of the time, or at least not to the point of, like, panic. Sometimes I do, but admittedly. But that's a really good angle to do it. Do like you do with me and do the whole helpful thing. Go say something helpful in a dream or, or try to do something that seems benevolent for once. And so it was on the 30th that Heather woke up from sleeping and groggily messaged me a, a rather... <laughs> panicked dream where she said she had just seen him do you remember that dream heather you want to recount it i've got the notes in front of me sure so i was pretty sick and i was at my parents house and i was taking like a a fever nap on the couch and in it i was having this dream about this lake house that i had never seen before and i'm not exactly sure what the the parameters of it were but something kept getting into the house and killing everybody and like you know my friends and family were inside the house and I had been playing a lot of video games at that point so in the dream I had like a like a save that I could reload oh wow um yeah right and I kept going back to the beginning and trying to save them this time and they whatever it was that was killing them which I I didn't get to see like it kept getting in and I, I tried a bunch of different things like, you know, locking the doors, whatever. I tried a whole bunch of different stuff and they just kept dying. And then 
the guy, the entity, came up to me, and you know, in in dream logic, my brain just kind of folded him into the background, like this is another person that you know. There was no recognition of, oh, it's him or anything like right. that. And he said, the reason you can't save them is because you're trying to keep it from coming into the house. It's already in the house. It's in the attic. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's very helpful. And he, I, either he pointed it out or he handed me a shotgun. And he was like, try shooting it, like go up to the attic. And I was like, okay, like, let's go. And he's like, oh, I'm not going up there. And I was like, <laughs> what? Come on. <laughs> and he was like, no, I'm, I'm good. You, you can take care of that by yourself. And I was like, okay. And so I went up to the attic and in it, there was this like creature. It looked like if, if you've ever seen Fern Gully, it looked like Hexus from Fern Gully. It was just this sort of oily black tarry mass. And it was in the corner of the, the attic. And I, shot it with the shotgun and it died and i woke up and i was like wow he was really helpful oh my god wow oh it's him (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and so i messaged natalie about it very strange (laughs) and you have some point you think we would stop having anxiety attacks about this (laughs) (laughs) natalie you're not messaging her and telling her like hey i told him to be helpful or anything like that so she she has no awareness no no yeah no, she had no, no, there's no, and I have all of our messages logged. There is nothing there that would even subconsciously subject, su- suggest as much. We hadn't talked about him at all. Right. This was something I did completely behind her back. <laughs> it's yeah. a test. Right. Right. You know, oh, that's no. kind of the thing is I'm like, right. I want proof. So right. I want evidence. Right. Oh, wow. I'm all looking right. up the exact quote that you said, because you had the exact quote as soon as you woke up. And I'm trying to find it. He said, you keep failing because it's not coming from inside. It's not coming inside from outside. It's already inside the attic. You, you made a point of typing that to me because it was so stilted sounding. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The way he's, the wording was strange. But it, that's the way he says things like that. We were talking about like that, you know, stay away from things you don't understand. He's very enunciated and very like he's trying very hard to articulate himself so that that was just the weird way that he said it was <laughs> you keep failing because it's not coming from inside from outside or something like that yeah he talks very strangely yeah it is it's weird it makes sense but it's still very weird and it's very specific mm-hmm. just a side note i have uh, certain of my friends chad being one of them that if I wake up in the middle of the night from a dream, rather than try to find a dream journal and write it down, I'll just quickly text them, <laughs> like just enough so I'll remember it in the works. morning. Yeah, yeah it yeah. totally works exactly. Yeah, I just most of my dreams, I don't bother writing it down. Uh, yeah, from like five from five years, we're all texts. I <laughs> 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 just copy and paste them into a document. I used to keep a dream journal by the bed, but half the time I'd be like, oh, I'll remember it, and then I'd fall back to sleep, and it's just so much easier I, just to text somebody. Yeah. Yeah, it's not that old so, that old sleep trap. So people will get texts from me that'll be like windstorm, sleep paralysis, uh, <laughs> Oz, uh, hail mary, and then and, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, I'll tell you in the morning. <laughs> it's funny you bring up that specific dream because uh, when I heard you uh, talking about that on the last episode. I kind of had a freak out moment, and there's a reason for that. I oh, think really? Heather understands. <laughs> yeah. 
or uh, there. <laughs> should we get to that later or should we talk about it now or could, we should probably not interrupt the, the flow of the story and we'll come back to that right later, I no okay. i won't forget because it's in my notes right in front of me okay <laughs> awesome. sure that's definitely not going to get forgotten because it's important awesome all right so this was Oh, this is just all you, Heather. This this did not. Uh, I pre- nothing preceded this from my end. For once, this was on the fourteenth of December of twenty nineteen, of last year. Or so this was the the very Lynchian one, or at least the very Twin Peaks ish one, where he met you in the diner. Oh, okay. So I had another dream. And in it, it, there was a very, you know, 50s retro diner. Everything's chrome and glass and red leather. And I know that it was it was longer than what I remember because I, I, I have a feeling of being asleep for a lot longer and having spoken to him more. But I, I don't remember much of it. But we were sitting in a booth, me and this entity, and he was talking to me. And at one point, he reached out and put his hand on my arm. And that's the only part I really remember. And I think he did that so that I would remember that part. Mm. He said, you have to remember this. It wasn't me in the movie theater. Oh. One of my encounters mm-hmm. was him in a movie theater. Right, I remember and, from your previous episode. Yeah. yeah. And there was a woman in the diner with us, and I had no idea who this woman was. And at that point, I had never actually seen a picture of Natalie. We'd, we'd never met, and there weren't any pictures of her. And so after I had told her about it, she was like she had like another dream that was like almost it had a lot of similarities at the same the same night and I was like okay send me a picture of you and it was her in the diner and I had I had never seen her before yeah. but <laughs> and like looking back on it we were both we were both pretty taken aback by it because if you if you look at my encounters as laid out the movie theater one is completely different from the other ones he doesn't he didn't come up to me he didn't speak to me you know he just grinned at me and like left and in each one he seems like he's trying to talk to me he's trying to tell me something right and in that one he just sat there for five minutes until i finally walked all the way up to him and then he just grinned and vanished and that doesn't make any sense for someone who's been trying to talk to me for 10 years right and then there's him in this dream saying that you know, you have to remember this. That wasn't me. Real quickly, I'm thinking back to your your first appearance on Strange Familiars. When he came into the gas station, did he touch your arm then as well? Yeah. Was this similar? Was it in a similar way? I know he was a little more aggressive when he came into the gas station. Um, in the the first dream in the gas station, he both where he grabbed my, sorry, he grabbed my arm in the same place uh, the that's first right. two times, and that's, it was um, that's right because yeah, had a it was the upper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I had fingertip bruises, and it was on the upper part of my left arm. And in the uh, diner dream, he he grabbed my forearm okay. of my right arm, so that it wasn't. It was it was you know essentially kind of similar, but it wasn't the same areas or anything. Mm-hmm. Was it? I mean, less aggressive. I, I, at least my impression of like at the gas station seemed pretty aggressive when he grabbed you. Yeah, this time he just he just like laid his hand on my arm you, you, more like a, like yeah someone trying to get your attention like hey th- this is important. yeah 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 okay i want to interject real quick before i forget because i will forget this one uh, as far as physicality and dreams that is a thing save big money now on new siding from lp smart side at menards update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding 
It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There was one specific dream. I don't have it in front of me for the date, but it was either 2016 or 2017. I'm pretty sure it was 2017. And I was having, again, just a normal dream. It was like exploring uh, some character's art in a, an art book and like her animations and stuff and really nothing relevant to this guy. But he just walks in and I noticed him because like not by name or anything. I just noticed the way he looked. He had the shaggy blonde hair and the wireframe glasses and so forth. And he kept trying to get my attention. He like, I was sitting on a floor in a bedroom, and he would sit behind me, and he would start talking to me, but I was just ignoring him. <laughs> it's like, well, he's just part of my dream. You know, no big. And then he gets up frustrated. He stomps out of the room, and then he stomps back, and he sits down again behind me, and he hedges or like gets really close behind me. And in my ear, he's like, you think I'm – I can't remember exactly what he said. I couldn't remember when I woke up, only the last part. He's like, you think I'm just a figment of your imagination? And then he says, and then he just yells or like screams. He's like, I'm real. And he punches me really hard in the small of my back. So hard, I almost fell out of bed. Wow. (laughs) Like I I woke up like my whole, you know, whether it was just like a, what do they call it? Nocebo effect where it's just like you expect. But I've been touched and, 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 you know, hurt into, you know, like, I don't know, like forceful things in dreams and not woken up like flailing or anything like that. This is the only instance where I've moved because of the punch. Like it felt like somebody punched me in bed to the point where I woke up in a panic and turned around thinking somebody was there. Right. I, I, I actually, because I, I was sleeping alone, there was nobody there. But I, I very, like the bottom half of me, since it was the small of my back, like my legs went off my bed. <laughs> Wow. It was so forceful and it hurt so much. Wow. So, yeah, just wanted to interject that real quick. Yeah, yeah. All right, so we can get back on track. Sorry, I, I just have a million questions, so I'm going to keep interrupting. But You're <laughs> fine. <laughs> Where do we go from there? So the diner story and then... We were trying to figure out, like, what does that mean exactly? Like, that wasn't me in the movie theater. Like, oh, but who was it? You know... And I would say, like, what what we landed on um, as far as what he probably means by that is way more grounded in Natalie's experiences. So I'll let her take up that end of it. All right. Again, this is just complete conjecture. I apologize. We don't really have any answers here. But what I thought was strange was there is another entity for me. It's very hard to tell them apart. Honestly, sometimes they will look like or this one will look like him. And it has a name. It was actually, I had a name for this one before we got a name for the the main guy that we're talking about. Generally, though, he looks to me, and again, this is just dreams, though. So, you know, if you don't take dreams for anything, 
genuine, then it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. But he generally looks small and elfin. He's blonde. He's like butter blonde hair. He has really big eyes, kind of like big almond eyes. He looks like if you took a blonde kid and mashed him together with a gray alien, sort of, just like this, that kind of physique, very skinny. And he likes to take on the forms of other other beings, uh, essentially. Like, it'll be really obvious he's this trickster, but it'll be obvious that it's him somehow. And he's become sort of infamous with my friends because they reported him being in their dreams at points, and they, he's kind of like this mimetic... But, you know, they already knew me before this stuff. Even But the, what really alarms me is that both of them allegedly have shown up in three different people's dreams without my prior uh, any prior like knowledge of that thing it only opened up conversation about it after they had the dreams and told me about it <laughs> so there's a lot of other like peripheral stuff going on that we'll get into but that one seems to be the one that did that except for a couple others that heather also knows about but you know we'll get to that i guess so it's hard to tell them apart for me because they often do have that doppelganger sort of thing going on and i don't know what that is I just know that the one has a different name, apparently, and is a trickster. And so it didn't register for a while after she told me he was grinning at her in the theater. Mm. Like, Heather, how did you describe it? Like, he had this kind of animal grin? Yeah, like like the way when, you know, chimps bare their teeth, they're not smiling, yeah. they're threatening you. It's like that. The way you described it, if I have it written down somewhere, it's like it was like that. Like, he was kind of forcing it, but at the same time seemed really self-satisfied yeah a little smug (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that that actually describes this entity that i'm talking about with the butter blonde hair that looks like a little elfin creep he's really supremely terrifyingly creepy like i can't do him justice if there's the worst of the two it's it's that one uh, but they seem yeah. to come together. They seem to be, you know what it reminds me of? And when I started getting into reading like John Keel is how the men in black would often be in two sets, like a set of two. Right. And they actually behave similar to those accounts. So I don't know. I don't know if it's an archetype. I have no idea, but those two seem to go together. And if you get one, you're going to get the other. That's just been my experience so far. I, again, I don't know. It's all speculation. Super interesting. You know, again, I have no experience with them other than hearing your stories. But there is almost that kind of man in black, like, don't quite know the social norms, don't quite know how everything (laughs) works kind of thing, you know, in this world or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they learned how to be human from a pamphlet that they only skimmed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They they have some sort of, like, film they watch in school that sort of gives them the... (laughs) Yeah, and these two flunked out. <laughs> yeah. We did have a shared incident, weirdly, on um, on the 30th of January. Let's say I had a dream where he showed up and yelled at me in frustration. And it was like an out-of-body experience. I was in my place, and he was yelling at me in the kitchen. It lasted maybe 30 seconds to a minute. And then the same morning... Heather messaged me and said that she had had a dream about him yelling at her, but she couldn't fully wake up. And it was like he was in the room. Didn't you say that? Something like that? Like he had like a speciality to him. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like angry at both of us. (laughs) Was that the one where he was mad because I had taken NyQuil? 
And I wasn't <laughs> super current. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because he was really mad because he had shown yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, gone through all of the whatever rigmarole it is he has to go through to talk to me. And I had taken a lot of NyQuil before bed, and I was not waking up for it. He was very angry oh, about that. Remember that exactly. That's exactly what he messaged to me was that he was yelling at you and telling you to wake up so that the, we, we could talk because he just he made all the effort to get there, and you were too passed out to wake up. Wow. So you were like in like this perfect. Um, the state to be to be sensing weird things but you couldn't wake up enough to actually yeah like maybe if he had i don't know put it in my calendar that he was going to show up that night like i don't know why he's mad at me he didn't clear it with me first <laughs> so, so schedule these things is never going to do it did, heather was this was your impression that he was like there in the room or he was there in dream space again i was i was very very messed up on nyquil so um, it felt like he was in the room, but there's no real way to say for sure. Well, right. Honestly, yeah. I was, it was pretty messed up, but I, I think he was in the room. Wow. Okay. <laughs> this is so interesting. This is really, really interesting. So <laughs> well, that gets, it gets even weirder, uh, recently because of the other one. <laughs> the other one. Okay. The, the other yeah. one we mentioned oh. previously. The, the, the yes. Little? Okay. <laughs> All right. The theater the, one. <laughs> before we move on, Natalie, do you feel like he was yelling at you? Because of Heather, his frustration with Heather. No, I don't know what he wanted. It was like, in my dream, it seemed like I wasn't listening enough to him because I didn't know what was going on. So Mm -hmm. it's like he's frustrated in those situations because he's not being taken seriously or he's not being recognized because it's a dream and I'm asleep. These aren't lucid dreams I'm having. They're just normal dreams he's walking into. So I'm not fully cognizant of what's actually going on. The ones where it has been lucid, those have been spectacular, and I have had conversations. But, you know, that's that's a different thing altogether. <laughs> so I think he was just very frustrated. In my dream, he actually took off his pork pie hat and, like, crumpled it up and then put it back on so it was all crumpled and, <laughs> like, busted looking. Uh, like, in this show of frustration. And then that's when Heather had hers, where he he seemed to go to her after me. Like, he really had to say something, and then she was on cold medication, so he couldn't <laughs> tell her either. Wow. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's so outlandish. Oh, no, it is, but trust me, I'm loving every second of this. <laughs> That's good. I'm just glad we're probably pretty used to it by now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's really cuckoo bananas. And we still, like, it's been over, well over a year now, and we still preface things with, I know this is crazy, but... <laughs> Yeah, can we just like cut that out at this point? But I can't stop. (laughs) No, that's yeah, I think I do the same thing. Chad and I do the same thing when we're together and it's like, okay, look, I know this is really weird, but you know, do you see that light over there? And you know, or whatever it is. It's it's everything's like I know this sounds crazy, but I think I just heard blank. I think that's normal. There's like this weird vulnerability where the the one time I don't say that is the time Natalie's going to be like, oh, that's too far. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you've just said it. <laughs> There's that, but for me, it's almost like a reality check. Almost like, uh, yeah, like if I don't do it, I'm just going to go completely unhinged. So yeah. I have to acknowledge that it's crazy. Yeah, because if um, we just start being like, oh, yeah, the guy showed up, you know, that crazy entity that we're sharing, like, you know totally normal stuff like i think once we get to that point like we're gonna have to be committed so we we have to keep acknowledging that it's nuts 
That's when you've completely fallen into the other world. <laughs> yeah. We're never coming back. My reply to people when it's usually like, you know, I'm talking to a witness or whatever, and they're like, I know this is going to sound crazy. I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, whatever comes coming. next, I'm just going to tell you, no, I've heard crazier. Yep. So my concern is it that uh, I, a lot of this is going to get real weird, but I mean, weirder somehow. It's going to manage to get weirder. Yeah. And I just want to be careful because this is completely filtered through, you know, we, everybody filters everything through their unconscious and whatever memories and impressions and things mm-hmm. like that that holds. So I can't be 100% about whatever has happened, but it is, it seems a little much for me. Like, uh, again, me coming at this from, and Heather coming at this from an agnostic standpoint, we really don't have a lot of. Uh, belief system or anything in place that I'm aware of. We're both kind of like biology majors and stuff like that. Like we, this stuff is so beyond anything that I would have ever thought I'd get into uh, what it's about to get into. And this is actually where it starts to connect the flannel stuff and the dogs, the weird black dogs or the demon dogs. Wow. Okay. All of that stuff started to kind of make more sense to me recently. All and right. that's why I got really excited. Um, so let's see. Heather is the more sensible of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can laugh, but you are. You are the grounded one, and you are not the one that goes dream spelunking like I do. So I just I don't really care about not going into things I don't understand. That That, to me, is an invitation. So... <laughs> I've been trying to research this stuff, and I've always loved dreams since I was a little kid, but, you know, for the last 14 years, I've been in an Oniro knot, so I've been trying to go that angle for quite a while, and it's been pretty fruitful, I guess. It was not that long before he tried to visit you when you were on uh, cold medication or whatever, that... I had that dream where he told me to tell you that it wasn't him. It was the place he was coming from that was scary. Yeah. Okay, so how do we even get into this? Oh, I, I want to back up a little bit. In 2016, I actually had a dream that I feel this was actually the one I believe my friend had initially thought I should talk to you because <laughs> in the dream, I asked for the other one. That we, that we keep mentioning that was might have been the one in the theater and what showed up in the dream in this lucid dream was completely unexpected it was a very large black dog but not just a black dog it was a void dog it was like cut out of the reality around it oh wow yeah i'd created this this space it's kind of like my dream office building it's a very kind of sterile place where you know, just a, a nice canvas for things to start to form from for me. And there's a lot of doors and stuff to go into. So I was there, and I call for this guy, this this weird trickster entity, and this huge black dog shows up, cut out of reality, just this pure void, like, into space, blacker than black, like, Vanta black-looking thing, and it looked like a grim dog or something, and I just really wasn't expecting it. So my first ex- my instinct was to panic. Which I did, and I turned tail to run down the hall, and I'm like, what am I doing? This is a lucid dream. I called for something. I got it. I I should face it. So I turned around, and by then, it was morphing into a human, but it was still that void space, like Mm -hmm. sharp cutout. 
And then it started to solidify into this fairly short guy, maybe five foot four, like a like a really young guy. I don't know, maybe I can never tell his age, twenty something maybe. And he had like the butter blonde to dirty blonde hair. And he had the glasses. He had the wireframe glasses, but he was small and skinny. And he was wearing a pale plaid button down shirt and khaki pants. And I just go up to him, and he was unresponsive so I, I think i tried to like touch him i like tried to poke him and then when he didn't do anything i like kind of carefully embraced him to see if he'd do something and he pushes me away really hard and walks down the hall away from me i'm like well but i wanted to talk to you but okay so he just disappears and i start going through the building and it ends up being my um my dream apartment building which is like infinite floors so i just start exploring since it's a lucid dream and I walk past this reception desk with two women talking. And this is 2016. They start talking about a weird virus that just started. It is really scary and deadly. And there's this pandemic that's just just happening. And they're talking about somebody's lungs shutting down. And one of them goes, she does, she's like, well, I hope I don't get pancreatitis like so-and-so. And they're just scared, and they've got like the the ventilation system blasting in there because they feel like that's gonna like blow the virus away. Right. And they're keeping it hot, and they're just like really scared. I'm like, oh my god, what? There's a pandemic? What? Oh, well, that's that's not reality. I'm fine, and so I just keep going. I just felt like that was really strange. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Enough that when I read it today, I started researching the pancreatitis, and apparently that is a thing. Anyway. I go up to what was supposed to be my apartment, and across from it is this guy who's really tall and lanky. He has a goatee and wireframe glasses, but he's wearing like a sleeveless shirt. And he's yelling in a language I don't understand at first. It sounds kind of like, I don't know, like Irish or something. And then he has an accent that's kind of like that, but I can't place it. And he's just freaking out and just furious. So I go up to him because I know he's angry at me about something again. I recognize who it is, and I think I just went up and embraced him because I figured that was just going to calm him down, and that's when the dream changed to something like deeply insightful about a friend, and I ended up having a fallout with a friend as a result, <laughs> but it was just a very strange dream that started with that black dog, Yeah, which will become kind of relevant uh, later anyway, so this was also before my friend told me to come on here, <laughs> and... It was shortly after she said that, and right after I started listening, I remember going on a walk, and this is right after I moved to San Diego, and there was this guy in the neighborhood I'd never seen before and didn't see again. He was this real grizzled guy who looked just like a lumberjack, and he was walking a black pit bull. <laughs> and I didn't see him again, and this was a, a pretty you know, sequestered like suburb in right. san diego you, you've got like your nice little suburban community so you kind of know who's in your neighborhood and i never saw him again right. i don't know who it was but he had like the the white kind of grizzled beard and like the hair and he was wearing like the thick red flannel and he was wearing this or, uh, walking this big black pit bull right and so just, you, he's like you have to tell him. <laughs> one of the you know a lot of people that hear that and they say okay so you saw a guy walking his dog big deal but i say to that <laughs> For some reason, you remembered that. You know what I mean? Like, you remember that guy for some reason. So, you know, maybe just the guy walking his dog. Maybe not. Well, I you're right. And I just thought it was funny because I just started listening. And I actually watched out for people in flannel after that because, you know, you get 
it's just whatever. And I saw people in flannel, but not like that. Like not a lumberjack looking guy in San Diego. With a black it dog. Was just, it, it, was, it was hot out. Like it, it was not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and I was with my friend. I'm like, did you see that guy? He's like, yeah. Why? I'm like, okay, just make it sure. Right. Yeah. Well, he would have um, caught my yeah, attention. So, so I wanted to backtrack with that because of the black dog, the void dog. Again, mm-hmm. it's just a dream, but it was really unanticipated and it's related to this whole event. So... Or it seems to be. So a lot has happened with Heather and I. Uh, Heather, is there anything you want to add between uh, the next thing I'm going to talk about and where we left off? Is there anything I didn't cover you want to mention that you can remember? Not that I can think of. Before we head on, just because you you, you had this dream about the pandemic, going forward, does any of this tie into... The pandemic. Actually, I kind of think it does. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay. Not super directly. Okay. Well, but, I, it was, you know, yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. If the, if the entity, if the name he gave me is to be believed, then I think so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Because he gave me a name. Okay. See, that's, that's what I'm saying, that Heather is the more sensible of us, and I just keep coming at it and coming at it. I'm like, I'm not going to stop until we get a name. Originally, we started, we were calling him Casey because that was a name that, I got and a friend got independently of me. So I don't think that's his name. I think that's the other one. It was just like, it, it, you know, the letters KC mm-hmm. for initials. Yeah. So, but yeah. So Entities that ended hate up giving saying, you their names. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. sure do. Yeah, there, there uh, is power in names. That's well established in folklore. Yeah. 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 And I hesitate to give the name out. I won't give the full name out because I feel like that's not a good idea. But I say this with ultimate respect. So it was on September 5th. So not that long ago that I was really frustrated using the name Casey. It just didn't feel right. I knew it wasn't right. I wanted I wanted this entity to give one of us a name. But since, you know, like I said, Heather's more sensible and it does not keep trying to engage him. <laughs> I figured I would take <laughs> I would I would take the uh take the bullet, I guess. And I went to bed. I did not think this was gonna work because ninety-nine percent of the time it doesn't work. I went to bed like walking through my apartment going, All right guy, I'm gonna go to sleep. I want you to show up in a dream and I'm gonna ask you what your name is. I want you to give me the name you wanna use. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's Bob. I just want it from you. And I want to solidify it. So I went to bed, had normal dreams. In the morning, I think, I uh, I don't know what happened, but I went into sleep paralysis, which is pretty rare for me now. And I was really excited because <laughs> that usually means I can uh, augment things or go into a lucid dream. You know, it's, it's kind of like the starting point. But then I heard heavy boots behind me. And that also reminds me, Heather, you might want to, Talk about that other experience you had. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. I just realized. Well, I I never knew it was connected. (laughs) No, but it does seem like because the heavy boots thing is a thing that I've been hearing and you didn't tell me about. Yeah. Do you want me to drop it in right now real quick? Yeah, yeah. Let's drop it in there. Okay. (laughs) So my last encounter that I had in the previous podcast where he came into my room and sat on my bed. Mm Mm-hmm. About a month before that, I had an encounter that I I didn't think was connected at all until uh, Natalie and I were talking about it many years later. But 
it was when I was working third shift, so I was sleeping during the day, and my husband had gone out with one of our friends. And so I was home alone, and I was sleeping. And from the bed that I was sleeping in, it's kind of low to the ground, and there's a big gap underneath the bedroom door, um, and there was light coming in underneath it. And I woke up because you know I heard a noise, and I heard heavy boots walking around in my living room, which is right on the other side of my bedroom door. And underneath the door in the light, I could see someone's feet. Yeah. And I, yeah, I texted my husband and I was like, please tell me you're home. And he was like, no, we're on our way home. We're about five minutes away. Why? I was like, there's somebody in the living room. Like I didn't, this was not like, oh, it's a ghost or anything. I, I thought there was a person in my living room. And I was like, I, I think there's someone in the living room. And he was like, what, why, what? And I was like, I can see feet under the door. I hear them, I hear them walking. And like, and we were texting this. I didn't call him. I didn't want them to hear me. And he was like, because he, uh, he keeps a, um, a pistol in his nightstand. He was like, you know, get, get the gun out and hold it. You know, if they come in, you can threaten them with it. I was like, okay. And during this, texting conversation the feet had come right up to the door and i could see them underneath the door just standing there on the other side Hmm. and they weren't saying anything they weren't moving they were just standing there and not even another two minutes i hear the door the base of my apartment open and i hear you know footsteps pounding up the stairs and i hear my husband come in and as the door to my apartment opened the feet just vanished like thin air and you know my husband came in he's like okay oh my god where are they and i was like ah um seems to have been a ghost sorry about that you know and he wasn't he wasn't like (laughs) mad at me or anything obviously but he did do the whole like well maybe you were half asleep and i was was texting you (laughs) (laughs) um i have a gun uh, in my (laughs) i've got chills right now because so we bought my wife's grandparents' house, and her grandmother uh, had moved to a nursing home. And about a year after she went to the nursing home, we bought the house. She was still very lucid and stuff. She just, you know, needed help. And at some point, my wife was visiting her, and she asked Allison, she said, are you living there? And she said, yeah, we're living in, in your old house. And she said, have you seen the spooks? And Uh-oh. Allison kind of went like, what? <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah, that, that place is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if before hmm. if this was before or after, but I was sleeping. I was in a bedroom upstairs with the door shut, and uh, the light was on outside in in the at the landing outside of the door upstairs. And I woke up to the doorknob being slowly turned. Ooh! And I'm looking, you know, waiting for someone to come through. You know, either one of the kids or, or Allison or somebody. And I can see feet underneath the door. There's a gap again, like you said. There's a big gap under the door, so I could see light coming in, and I could see feet right there. And then it's, it's like the handle turns, and then doesn't like engage all the way, and then like slowly turns back, and then whoever it was, I didn't hear him walk down the stairs. I didn't hear him go into. There's another room on the other side, and it, it's just like walked away somehow. But I didn't hear. You know, what I mean, I should have heard. We have old hardwood floors, an old Victorian house. I should have heard them mm-hmm. walk away or walk down the steps one or the other. And, and I, I heard neither and it was just gone. But that was the most sort of chilling experience I've ever had in here. And the only 
like one that made me think like well, maybe grandma was right you know <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah when you say somebody outside the door and seeing <laughs> that that shadow underneath i it, i can feel that like viscerally because of that night yeah, it well, was a slow it, doorknob turning. Talk about your horror movie trope. Oh, yeah. yeah. I freaked out. I am really glad he did not yeah. try the door. But, like, yeah, that was just oh, <laughs> standing there not doing anything. Like, God, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, he seems to get on all, well, if that's him, uh, whatever that is, seems to know all your fears and just loves to prank you based on it. Okay. Yeah, so and like again, a... we don't we don't know if that was him, right, or not. But yeah. from what Natalie's about to say, it it yeah. seems like it it might have been. Yeah, because you didn't like tell that. me that until I told you all of this. So, <laughs> I, I can attest to the floors being very loud <laughs> up yes. at Heather's apartment, and so it is unambiguous if somebody's walking back and forth. You you're not going to mistake that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't know if you mentioned it. But Natalie now lives in the apartment underneath me. Oh yeah. wow! <laughs> oh wow, that's kind of amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, very weird sequence of events brought me to live here. So it yeah. just—it's weird, no matter what angle you look at. It. Wow. Yeah. That, okay, that—that's really really cool. All right, so yeah, we're right. <laughs> we're back to Natalie and your footsteps, right? Yeah. So. The reason I mentioned that or remembered that is the first night I actually was here when I moved in, uh, I heard boots walking outside my bedroom door back and forth, back and forth. And I'm like, you know, at first I'm like, well, I have neighbors, I assume, you know, that's what I'm hearing. It turned out that wasn't the case because the person above me definitely wasn't like that. It was where I'm actually sitting right now. Now that I think of it, back and forth. And then I heard a voice very clearly, a man's voice say, do you see what I mean? She never listens to me. And he was just going on and on and on. And I was in a sleep state. So I was like in a hypnagogic state or something hearing this. But when I woke up, I still heard the boots and then they just vanished. Hmm. And I'm like, well, what the hell? So anyway, I've been hearing those boots off and on. I've heard maybe like four times in the last seven months or something like that. So it's a thing in here. And I didn't necessarily attribute it to that entity outside of that possible dream. It seemed like that was connected since he was saying that. But this time I heard the boots behind me. So my back was to the bedroom door and I had just tried to summon him. I was like, I summon you or something ridiculous. I thought it was hilarious. And um, I hear these boots come up and that's really unnerving. If you're in sleep paralysis and your back's to the door and you hear these boots coming up to the threshold... (laughs) Yeah. Like that, I was already, and so I'm like, okay, this was a mistake. I'm sorry. This was, I'm sorry. (laughs) Can we go back? (laughs) And he grabs me, or it grabs me. Something grabs me. Something with large arms grabs me and pulls me up and pulls me out of my body and continues through the ceiling to the apartment above me, which I've never seen, obviously. I don't, I don't know the neighbor up there. And I saw a woman in one of the other rooms and I, at the time, I don't even think I knew there was a, a woman living there. Now I do. but So I saw kind of the layout, and I'm like, what, what, what's happening? And then he, I saw it was him. I could see out of the corner of my eye, there was a guy wearing like a black coat who was grabbing me and pulling me. And he pulls me through the wall into Heather's apartment. And so at that point, he sets me down, and I'm just standing there. He kind of walks off, and I'm, I don't want to look at him because he's so intense I feel like looking at him is going to break my brain and snap me out of the dream. And I can't remember why I'm doing this. I don't know why I summoned him yet. 
instead I'm like, oh, oh, I'm in Heather's apartment. I should go find Heather. And I do. And Heather's wandering around out of body, pretty unresponsive and trying really hard to get through the walls. Interesting. <laughs> At the time, I didn't know Heather had <laughs> was in a hangover. So that's what what was happening on your end. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was just pretty hungover. <laughs> Not like severely though, but enough that you were asleep. So yes. that's what was interesting. You said it seemed accurate to what you would have been doing. I could not get you to engage. Yeah, no, you he can't. just kept trying to walk through the walls. If I'm drunk sleeping, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Has so there I'm seems to be a, a, a little bit of a pattern here with Nyquil and hangovers and yeah. <laughs> I have trouble right? sleeping. Yeah, you have to be there. <laughs> Um, I mean, everybody in here. <laughs> yeah. So I'm watching this happening, and I, I'm amused. I'm highly amused because it was just—it was pretty funny. And I'm actually kind of like to the point where I'm almost out of the lucid state. And the guy comes up to me, and he's standing next to me. He's like, "Why did you call me here? Didn't you have a question?" I'm like, "Oh, I did. Oh, oh." <laughs> so he remembered for me. And it snapped me back into the dream. I'm like, what is your name? <laughs> and he says his name very quickly. It had two syllables. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what did you just say? That just sounds like garble to me. And I'm like, hang on, wait. And I, I look around the, apart- the, the living room, Heather's living room, and I find this like sheet of paper and like a pen. I like seek them out. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to write this down. And he comes over my left shoulder and looks at it. And he's like, no, with a Y. I'm like spelling it out. I'm like, wow. what do you mean with a Y? There's like one verb or uh, vowel in here. That's all I can. I'm like, okay, that, oh, okay. And I'm like, okay, how, how about if you just spell it for me? I don't know what I'm trying to spell. I don't know what language you just used. And he s- stops and he kind of just pauses and haltingly, he starts spelling it. So I'm writing it as he's spelling it. And then something happens, like, just doing that kind of, like, bam, it's over. He's gone. And I'm sort of in a more normal dream state, but I remember. I remember because I did that to remember. I'm trying ridiculously to get on uh, a computer to look it up. And meanwhile, Heather is still wandering around trying to get through the walls, and I'm still trying to engage Heather about this. I'm like, did you hear that? He gave us a name. I, you know, really excited about it. And I can't really find much, you know, this fake dream computer. And then I start to wake up. Um, and as soon as I wake up, you know, I get my phone and start typing it. And I'm like, no, that looks wrong. No, he spelled it like this. And so I spell it that way and look it up. And it is a thing. It's absolutely a thing. I've seen it only once before, and I'm really glad that I keep my uh, browser history so that I have evidence for what I've exposed myself to, mm-hmm. which was basically nothing outside of the name. The first name he gave me, and I hope this doesn't cause any bad juju, was Gwyn, G-W-Y-N. I thought it was one word that he gave me with two syllables, but it's two. I cannot give the second one because Heather's supposed to find it out, and... That will be further evidence that we're dealing with the same entity. So it's like a like a password almost. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I can't give that one out. But it is not only is it a Welsh word I could not possibly have known, but he used a specific mutation. Like a they have mutations at the beginning for like uh, 
consonant sounds, hard consonant sounds. He used a soft mutation for the word he gave me, which, although grammatically incorrect in the placement that he gave me, would be, as far as I understand, correct as far as like how the sound would work, if that makes sense. Like I'm trying to study Welsh. Is there any way you could send me this and I'll, I'll keep it between us? Uh, I might for you. Be, be, <laughs> you can't let anybody else. Well, because know. my best friend is fluent in Welsh. Oh, that would be fantastic if you could find out for me. Because yes, but I either even like I I have had no exposure to Welsh enough to to know this word. It's still really strange to me that he used a word I couldn't have known. I wouldn't have known that. I, I know now that there are place names with this word, mm-hmm. but I've never been to the UK. I don't know any of that. And not only that, but after he gave me the name Gwyn, this word is absolutely relevant to the deity Gwyn, which I didn't know. And Very I, again, I went back through my browser history. I'd seen the name Gwyn in conjunction with, I'd been looking up stuff on Oberon because I'm like, what if this thing is some sort of fairy entity? Mm-hmm. It seems like it would have kind of like that king of fairies thing going on. So just just for funsies, I looked that up and saw that name uh, months before. But nothing about that deity. Like mm-hmm. I didn't actually research it, just kind of like blew it off. And then I went back through my dreams over the years. It, it's, you know, it seems too compelling. The stuff that's been in the dreams has been absurdly perfect i don't know what heather thinks of this but i i often just regale her with my ridiculousness yeah i don't know a whole lot about it like mostly just what you've told me but from what i've read that you sent me everything seems to line up really well well as it turns out though you said you used to watch the night sky for gwen in the wild hunt as a kid so I didn't yeah, know you had I any like history with that stuff. Yeah, when I first revealed this to you, you had quite a bit to say about it. Yeah, it feels like a like a thousand piece puzzle that we have like six pieces of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at least I got a name and he spoke Welsh. Like how was that possible in a dream? Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. So if you're not seeing strange giant cats, mm-hmm. maybe you've adopted a puppy. Those are really your only two options. <laughs> and if you've adopted a puppy. It could be wreaking havoc on your house. Exactly. And if the puppy is wreaking havoc on your house, you probably want some help. I would. And where would you go for that help? 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. That's right. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Their relationship-based approach to training helps you and your puppy become perfect for each other. They have online sources, video lessons, a super-secret Facebook group. One-on-one options are available if you want to talk to Tina or her staff. Whatever problems you're having with your puppy and with training, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help you. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. There's a 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. You can click that. It'll take you right to them. It's a real photo postcard. Early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And one theme for this episode. It's not a black and white cat. 
But it's a black and white photo of a cat. I think that qualifies. And it has a kind of a spooky tree in the background. Yeah, it's Foreboding cool. kind of tree. I definitely like this. This is a real photo postcard. Did photographers go out and take these four people? Like they would show up at people's houses? They could, but the, judging from the size of this, I think this is a copy of, of one made from a, an, like an amateur picture copied onto this real photo postcard. Like see how the size is like. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, they definitely did. And they would go and bring props of animals and stuff. Like remember, there's a picture of your dad in the, in the 30s where he's on like a prop donkey or something he's like that. on a pony. On a pony. Yeah. And I have one of my grandfather in, a, is he in a cart being pulled by a goat? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so on the back it says, myself taken in front of Harry Feltz. So I guess wherever Harry Feltz lived, this little girl had her photo taken. See, I think it's creepier than that. I think Harry Feltz was behind the tree there. <laughs> and the, the photo was literally taken in front of Harry Feltz. <laughs> he was creeping on her. If you go to the show notes under this episode, you will see an image of this photo. You can click on that. It'll take you to our Etsy shop. And cats and dogs are things that I sell all the time. So if there's like a certain breed of cat or dog that you like, I probably have awesome some manner of photo for yeah yeah contact us and we can we can look it up it's being our etsy shop along with other photos of the week it's interesting to me how some of the older photos of the week will sell and i always think like did that person just listen to that episode where we talked about it or did they stumble or they upon were on, it like on etsy anyway yeah 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 either way it's that's fine I yeah don't... i'm happy with it while you're at our etsy shop you can check out all of my books are in there. Everything's in stock right now. I want to thank everybody for buying my art book last week when we did the, the sort of sale. When you bought it, you got a sketch in it. Strange Familiars t-shirts are there. The traditional Awoken Tree logo. Some of my artwork's there, although the, the supply is dwindling as I sell originals. I'll put more up soon. Our shop name is Lost Grave. One word. But you can find us just by looking up Strange Familiars. And while you're on Etsy, look for Chad's shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors, and look for our friends at Karmic Garden, who have soaps, scented candles, and much, much more. All kinds of nice smelling stuff. They have the flannel man scent and the strange familiar scent. Go ahead and check them out. I want to thank Jason W., who made a PayPal donation, I think a couple weeks ago, and I think we forgot to thank him. Oh, well, I apologize to- on that front. Yeah, absolutely. We try to thank people every week, and then it just got lost in my notes for one episode, and I realized, oh my goodness, I don't think we thanked him. So thank you, Jason W. That's a huge help. You can help by making a PayPal donation if you go to the show notes at strangefamiliars.com. Under any episode, you'll see a paypal.me link. You can click that and leave a one-time donation, or you can be like all of our wonderful patrons who really make Strange Familiars possible. Thank you so much, patrons. We couldn't do the show without you. If you want to be a patron, you go to Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. There are over, I think, over 65 patron shows now. You get all of those as soon as you sign up. And we do more patron shows every month. This month we did the Broken Circle update and then a little Flannel Man story as well. Kind of a twofer. Who knows what it'll be next month? We'll figure it out. Truly, we don't know. (laughs) Yeah, we'll figure it out. But we do a full episode every month for our patrons, and we're happy to do that. There's different tiers of support there, all kinds of stuff at Patreon. Check it out, patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. Okay, we'll be back really soon with the second episode of Heather and Natalie. 
talking about their strange experiences with this guy, whoever he is. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com for more. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars, and you can always find us at strangefamiliars.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from Ad Force. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.